When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's been an absolute eternity since we've sat around this table in what is now a new Premier League podcast, the first ever Premier League tribe supper. Although, didn't we call it that the first time after we'd recorded one after the yeah, Brighton no, We've had our revamp now. We've all got padded, cushioned, cushioned uh, chairs. We've got uh, air conditioning. There's a camera looking over our shoulders. It's just a big league. Um, the, we're going to talk predictions. Just, just a quick thing, by the way. I've seen that Middlesbrough Sports South have started their own podcast this week. I gave it a listen this morning, and that's, that's excellent. It's well worth a listen. And there's one prediction in there that has us finishing eighth this year. Well, that's because they're away from Teesside and outside the bubble of negativity. <laughs> Talking of negativity, though, if you hear what the Stoke lot are saying ahead of the game, uh, that puts negativity on a new yeah. focus, doesn't it? I yeah, think... you're saying that, General. They just don't win, do they, at the start? No, apparently, apparently Stoke, under Mark Hughes, are just notoriously slow starters, touch wood. Uh, so they don't start playing until November, and everyone down there has just been saying they expect a defeat on Saturday. And even Mark Hughes' presser, actually, if you saw what he said, yeah. he said, oh, yeah, it was a, it's a bad game for us, this way at Borough. Good, every little helps. So there you go. Yeah, he was saying that. And he, I, to be honest, off the top of my head, I don't know who they've got afterwards. No. After Borough, but he was talking about how rough a start it is, and I thought, oh, it started. It's starting. Like damp- damping, it, damping it down the expectations, is it? This is a season. whole new world for us. <laughs> um, so we're going to start with some predictions ourselves, putting ourselves in line. Phil, Phil has got out of it by by the say getting out of it. He'll be sat around the pool now, I would imagine, with a pina colada in his hand. But uh, but we're going to we're going to go going to go predictions, and we'll start with Borough's league position. Uh, I, I'm not going to follow in the footsteps of our. Hugely optimistic MSS member in go eight, but Vic fire away with a prediction for this year. I'm writing all these down by the way, okay, so when we, we, when well, we pull it together at the end of the year. I think Borough will finish at the top end of that mini league. So I think you're talking fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth. That's where I think they'll they'll finish. I think they'll be safely away from the bottom three, but never really able to not be looking over their shoulders. And if we finish four points clear, I'm happy. Do you see it going down to, I mean, obviously there's all that talk of the, the rough end and the, the last five, six games, whatever it is. Do you, do you think it'll come down to the last two or three games where Borough desperately need a, a win here? Or, or do you think it'll just be, like you say, potential nervous apprehension? I, just go I, I think the way the fixtures have worked out, I mean, there's no such thing as an easy game, but if you'd have picked the first four or five fixtures, you'd have come up with something yeah. like this. It's a relatively gentle start. I mean, Stoke's a tough game. It's the, it's the ultimate barometer. Can we do it against Stoke? But after that, you know, we, we, there's, there's three teams there that finished in the, the bottom third. So that's a decent chance for Borough to pick up some points and get a bit of momentum and be, pick up a position just in front of the, of the, the relegation dogfight. And I think that's where we'll stay. We'll just keep enough to be comfortably safe, you know, not in the bottom three, but always aware that a bad run could get could drag us drag us into it. So I think that's where we'll be. I don't I can't see us soaring away. Uh, I think we've got enough to just stay out of danger. And I think, you know, come come the back end of March it might be a case of well, we only need four points now and we'll all get our calculators out. Yeah, no, I think I'd agree. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go fifteenth. I think I think 
comfortably enough, but it is so difficult in that Premier League now. If you, I think it's going to be the, probably the, one of the most competitive leagues we've ever seen, especially the big boys. They will have had the fingers burnt after what Leicester did last season. Mm. I expect all of them to be stronger. And then you're looking at teams like Everton are going to be stronger. Probably Southampton will still be there. West Ham are spending money. It's very difficult to break into that top eight, top nine. But it is that mini league underneath. And I think that... What you've got to look at is how teams have done the business so far this summer. Borough moved quickly and we, we poured praise on you know the club hierarchy for doing that. They nailed down the targets early and they, they've got that striker early as well in the grado. Um, you look at the teams that Borough are playing early on. You know, Stoke still need a striker. They're on and off chase of Berahino. You've got Sunderland who you know, have just had a, a, a nightmare summer really. Um, and then obviously you got West Brom, and I thought Tony Pulis said they need four before August thirty first. Borough, as Karanka said, have done eighty percent, ninety percent of their business now. So I think the team will will have a little bit more of a settled look to it, and that is the chance, as Vic mentioned, with the the, the way that the fixtures have landed. If Borough can get points on the board early, that will give them a, an advantage over these teams that are still pe- trying to piece together the starting yeah. lineups. We kind of know what Borough's team more or less is going to be for Saturday. And I think that can only benefit Borough moving I mean, forward. The important thing is, we know it, it, it's momentum. And if Borough can get a couple of wins under their belt or a long unbeaten run and gain a bit of confidence and find their feet in a, what is going to be a tough new division, that momentum can make all the difference. It must be awfully frustrating for someone like Kulis because I know, I know they've got the hands tied and it's those above them that do the work. But he's been in it that long to get to this stage of the summer and, and be thinking, I need four players here. Because those, you know, say three games before them, I mean, those nine points, I've seen a fair few predictions. And, and West Brom, according to everyone who's had a crack so far, are going to be in and amongst it at the bottom end this year. I mean, they, so they, those nine points are huge, aren't they? have clearly got a problem because there's, over the summer there's been takeover talks going on and that's clearly meant that he hasn't been able to sanction any, any signings and that's one of the problems that a lot of clubs have had Swansea in a similar position you know they've they've had a takeover and sometimes that means that the manager can't get on with doing the job you see it time and time again when a manager comes out before the season and says look we're not ready we need four or five you look at Borough two seasons ago and Naito was exactly the same the lost back to back games and Naito came around and said we need three or four players all it does is it it it's the frustration boiling over but it adds pressure as well if the manager's there saying we need four players the players themselves in that team will feel under pressure the fans themselves will get more more kind of anxious because they say hang on we're undercooked here and then the manager himself is, is boiling frustration the the real satisfying thing about Borough I mean we were, went and spoke to Aitor on Thursday and he looks really you know, calm and collected he knows what his team is going to be the, you know, the system's in place it's been in place for two years you know you know I know he's been saying that he's going to flirt with four four two, but we know that it's going to set up four two three one on Saturday. We know roughly every position. Now I think Borough are one of only a few where you could say you know what their team is for for this weekend. I, for the record, I'm going to go fourteenth. I think Paul Merson's predicted table. I think the top ten was about right, and like you pointed out there, I think your likes of West Ham and Everton and Southampton and Liverpool, Spurs. There's a, there's a good collective now of clubs there aren't there where you'd, where you'd expect them I mean one will always have a bad season like Everton last year and like mm. Chelsea but I think that's but then I think it's much of a muchness after that and I, I do think Borough will have enough so I'm going 14th um, Below us who, who have we got to go down? Well I think Hull are looking for snookers already aren't they? <laughs> uh, it, it's, I mean obviously no one likes to see a, a club in turmoil but there, there clearly is a big problem behind the scenes at Hull uh, they've been promoted and the summer has been marked by fans' protests. Uh, the club are at loggerheads with 
the manager, the local council, the local press, it doesn't bode well. We know they've got injuries and, and departures mean they've barely got a, a first team squad and all the noises coming out of that club are extremely pessimistic. So, you know, let's say they're gone. Uh, Burnley, Burnley's a strange one. They've surprised me because they seem to be doing what they did last time, mm. which is go up and build a team for next year's championship promotion race. Uh, their biggest investment this, this summer has been in new floodlights. Uh, so, I mean, possibly they needed new floodlights. Maybe they'll do new seats in the, the way end as well. Uh, but they don't seem to be making their muscle felt and obviously Sean Dyche will be moaning about the lack of resources that he's got despite having is the club having been in the Premier League two years out of the last three and presumably have a budget somewhere in the same region as Middlesbrough. Uh, he says that they're struggling to attract players, possibly. Uh, that, I think, is a self-inflicted problem because they haven't created a story about a go-ahead ambitious club that, that's looking to consolidate in the Premier League. They seem to be taking a position where they expect to be in and around the relegation zone. And those things can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I think those two will go down and then it's one from four or five. And I think outsiders will include Borough in that four or five. Uh, you mentioned West Brom. I think Swansea must be look, looked at as being vulnerable, having lost several key players and not just sold in the way that a couple of years ago Swansea seemed to have a very strategic marketing position where they were selling buying cheap and, and selling at the peak and making money and reinvesting wisely it seems now that they're being picked off mm. and they don't have the resources or the political will to keep hold of their best players and that's a worrying sign if you're a Swansea fan plus there's the takeover talk uh, and the fans' ownership of a couple of years ago, which had them marked out as a fantastic model for smaller clubs, seems to have been squeezed right to put the periphery. So the momentum of a couple of years ago seems to have gone, and I think that's always dangerous. And I don't think we should rule Sunderland out of the equation. Uh, their annual manager comes in, an annual rebuild with a different philosophy. Uh, there seems to be a lot of disquiet behind the scenes with key players. They've struggled to get players in. Uh, the owner seems to have cut off the the magic checkbook. Uh, it doesn't seem a happy ship, so maybe they'll get dragged into it after five or six years seemingly being fourth bottom. Yeah, I think it, I think Vic's kind of identified most of the the main contenders. I agree that Hull. I mean, I remember um, I saw that the local Hull reporter down there said you can't have think can't have thought that this summer could have gone any worse for them. Well, other than losing Harry Maguire maybe <laughs> but uh, no I agree Hull have a, a real kind of difficulty but w looking at the bottom three I look at which team has a goal scorer because that, that is essentially what keeps you up in the Premier League look at last season Newcastle and Norwich went down Bournemouth and Watford had that goal scorer you know, obviously Bournemouth had Wilson before he got injured and then Afobe came in and scored goals Watford had obviously uh, Deeney and Agallo and they stayed up and, and Newcastle's top scorer had seven or eight goals and equally I'm sure Norwich's did as well Obviously, Patrick Bamford was there and didn't get a kick. Uh, so I'm looking at who's going to go down. I think Hull are definite. Um, I have a feeling Bournemouth might struggle this year, you know. I I think that they started last season very well. Um, but towards the end of the last season, I I do think teams kind of worked them out a little bit. They, they, on, they were on their 
kind of the receiving end of a couple of bad results towards the end of the season, and that that kind of trend is difficult. They spent a lot of money this summer, but have they ident- identified the position of the need? Is Jordan Ibe a player that you know you're going to need in the bottom six? Fifteen million. Pounds Fifteen million pounds. I'm not sure. So I do worry about Bournemouth because I think they're an attractive team, aren't they? They're always great at watching. You've got to admire what Eddie Howe's done. But are they are they hard enough to play against? Not so sure. Watford, another big gamble, bringing in another manager. Mm. I mean, it worked last season under Kite Flores. Don't know anything about this guy that's coming. Who knows? Can Dini and Nagalo continue? They, they had a poor second half of the season as well, as did Palace. And that momentum is difficult to shift. Um, I going back to Vic's point about Burnley. I think they might have enough, and they haven't strengthened greatly. But what I do think is that they're they're a pretty tight ship, and I think Andre Gray will score goals, yeah. and I think he'll score goals by the hatful. And if they can, if he he gets 15, fifteen to twenty goals, that might push them to seventeenth, sixteenth, which will just be enough. Sunderland, I think they might be okay as well. I think Moyes Moyes is a decent pair of hands, albeit a couple of couple of you know, nightmare spells for him at, um, at Sociedad and Man United um, and Swansea as well a very unknown quantity they brought in obviously Lorente is the big money signing he could get 15 goals he could get 5 goals you just don't know but that's going to be the difference and that will be the difference between Borough staying up and, and going down as well is can Negredo, Rhodes, Nugent get X amount of goals to stay up I think they will um, but that's essentially what's going to be won and lost. I think the thing with Swansea, I, I, I agree with Vic, I've got Hull, Burnley and Swansea, I think, and I think the thing with Swansea, I agree, there is even the manager this year is a, a little bit of an unknown quantity. I mean, last year, I, I thought when they appointed Guidolin, I, I thought they're, they're gone as there. And I know he's got good pedigree, but it just it just smacked of an appointment that you don't you don't make when you, you're a club trying to stay in the league, but you know it worked out well, but... I just think, like you say, with the big players going, the shrewd business model that they've had the last few years seems to have let pass them by a little bit. Um, I think Hull have gone, and Burnley. Uh, I agree. I think Gray'll be. I think Gray Gray'll be probably the, the surprise package of the season. But I think he's just going to be on his own because I don't think players like Sam Vokes and and I know even players like Joey Barton and I know you know can he step up in the Premier League? But have they replaced them with better players? I don't think no, they have. Not yet. You know, you look at the players who they've brought in, um, and I get that I get the Daesh thing that it, that it perhaps is a difficult, a difficult uh, place to attract players to. But equally, they're a Premier League club now, and like you say, they, they, they've been a Premier League club for two or three years. They can't forever use that, that as an excuse, can they? As being an unfashionable football club. Um, yeah, I think I think they'll go again. Uh, just just quickly before we move on to the Borough's top scorer, quick punt at the title winners. Yeah, I was asked about this this week. It's why I don't. I don't think. I don't think a team like is going to do a Leicester this season. I think it's going to be one of the, you know, the the more established kind of the, the usual suspects. Um, I'm looking at which team is there, you know, ready to hit the ground running. And you probably think I think Man City's maybe just ahead of the rest. Mourinho is obviously notorious at winning everything in his second season. I think that might be the case this year. I think he'll just fall short. Chelsea, unknown quantity. If Conte comes in and tries to change the formation, that'll take time, I think. Uh, I think Liverpool will be better, but not not quite at that level yet. So I think, I'll, by default, I think, I think I'm going for Manchester City. City I'd agree, I'm, I'm going City. And I think, this, and I, I know this has been said for the last six, seven years now, I do think this will be the year when Arsenal miss out on the top four. Mm. So I think when you look at who else and what else has strengthened, Spurs will be Spurs are going to be good again. Mm. Um, Liverpool have got to be better. I don't know how much better they'll be, and then Chelsea, Arsenal won't finish above Chelsea, Man United, and Man City this year. 
But seriously, I, I know it's, this might be heresy in the greatest league in the, the world, but I don't care. I really don't care. They're, they're all as bad as each other in terms of putting huge amounts of money on the table. Uh, usual suspects, normal services resumed. Pick one out of the air, Man United. But it doesn't bother me. I'm not interested in that end of the table. You will, you will be, you will be, you will be in middle, Middlesbrough <laughs> top after four games. <laughs> yeah, uh, Borough's top scorer, and, and and then we'll move on to the Stoke game. Borough's top scorer this year. Well, it depends who he goes with, doesn't it? It's going to be. You'd have to think it's going to be Negredo or Rhodes is the most likely. Obviously, Stuani was the surprise one yeah. last season, but again, I don't, I can't see him. I don't know if Stuani will start that many games, and if he does start, you'd imagine he'd be out on the right. With the way Borough's system, you think Ramirez will chip in, but won't won't get double figures. So I'm going to sit my neck on the line and say Rhodes. Yeah, I'd say Rhodes. I'd agree with Rhodes. I think Negredo's still somewhat of a of an unknown quantity. I know that sounds ridiculous, given that he's been here at City, but but I think uh, you know the jury will be out until we see him doing it week in week out. And I I think Rhodes has looked as sharp as an eye in pre-season. If you look at Rhodes' record, everywhere he's gone, he's scored 20 goals a season. I know he's not done it in the Premier League before, but who's to say that he can't go and do what Dini did and Agarlo did and, and you know, everyone else has done moving up from the Championship? There's no reason why he can't. It's just whether he gets the amount of games, whether he starts That's the games it, and whether he gets the service. Well, yeah. just for the sake of a bit of friction, then I'll go for Negredo. <laughs> well, I think if, we, if you get the Negredo that played at Man City oh, yeah. uh, and yeah, he yeah. gets his eye in, and he's up for it, then I don't see any reason why he can't be looking at, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 goals. Yeah. And that, I think that would be a decent return, given the style that Borough play. You know, we're not going to be playing cavalier football, but I do think uh, the way we approach games will be different this year, because last year we dominated possession, we dominated teams, and it was about trying to break down sides, and, and the lack of creativity up front was exposed this year I think we'll spend a lot more time on the back foot defending pressing and hitting on the counter attack and I think you know if we're going to win games it's going to be by the odd one and and I don't mind to be honest Uh, I think Negredo has been brought in by Ito Karanka to play a very specific role and because of that I think he will be starting more often I think Rhodes will come off the bench a lot more and I can see him getting goals because he'll be coming into games when perhaps defences are flagging a little bit and he'll come in with a bit of zip and maybe maybe there'll be a <coughs> not much between them at the end of the season and that'll be good if the goals are being shared around no, but right. I think Negredo comes with a pedigree and we know he can do it in this division we've seen that he can be quite physical I mean there's no I don't think there's any fears about him not being able to to live with the, oh, God, the, no. the pace and the, the power of the Premier League, so and and really, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see him be the main man. I'd, I'd love to see him come in and rip the division up. I don't think it's going to be as simple as saying, right, Negredo is my number one striker no, for no. the season. I think that I think that both Rhodes and Negredo will pretty much start a, an even amount of games. I reckon, and I'm looking at it, and I think the, I think they both bring so much so much different you know attributes to the table, and that's not obviously forgetting David Nugent who who has shown time and time again that his pace and getting in the channels can be a real asset. You know, Karanka likes doing that from the bench. I think Negredo, you know, with his style, I think he can bully defender. He's a night; he'll be a nightmare to play against. And I think he would probably get most joy playing against teams like Stoke mm-hmm. that are a little bit physical, and, and he will, you know, he'll relish the physical contact. 
With with Rhodes, I think if he gets his eye in, as he has done pre-season, I think he might be the one that you play against the Man United's, the Chelsea's of this world, where you're only going to create one or two chances. But if he does get his eye in and, and kind of continues his pre-season form, he's that striker that can finish in one. I know that last season he, he was probably guilty of you know self-confessed he missed too many chances at the end yeah. of last season, but he was still finding his feet. But he is he's always proved that he's that striker that can put the ball in the net with two chances and. So Negredo against the bottom half teams, maybe Rhodes against the top half teams. What's impressed me about Negredo is, and I think I think we've said it before, haven't we? That counter attack football is going to be crucial this year, and I think Adoma and Fisher and Downing and Ramirez will all have a, a key role to play. And the, the thing that's caught my eye so far about Negredo is back to goal. He, he just yeah. reminds me of Mark Verdugo. The, Mark way, Verdugo, the yeah. way he, you know, you have three hanging off his uh, arms, and, and he's, he's he did seem to have a bit of an understanding there with Ramirez already, yeah. and that was I thought that was quite a promising sign that mm. the. the Ramirez quite clearly understands where the the runs are going to be, and he's picking them picking them out with some nice balls. So, if that develops, if that fledgling relationship develops, I think that's that's got potential. Uh, what do we expect then of Stoke in in terms of the game? I mean, I know you were saying earlier this morning in the office, Johnny, you expect it to be tight and minus two point five goals. If you're going to have a punt on it, would you agree, Vic? Yeah, one nil. Borough. Hope so. <laughs> yeah, Borough. I, I think so because we're we're told that they start slowly. Uh, they've had a couple of lads away in the Euros that haven't done much training in pre-season. Uh, and I think the atmosphere at the ground, I think that might give Borough a little edge. I don't expect it to be the intensity of Brighton, because obviously it's a step into the unknown and there'll be a lot of people there maybe uh, coming into it fresh, a lot of new season ticket holders, a lot of kids. But I do think there'll be a good atmosphere and if Borough get off to a good start, I think... I think we, you know, there will be an intensity about it and a passion about it, and I think that can be the story this season. That the, the borough, borough crowd, if we get off to a good start, I think it's going to be brilliant this season. I think it's going to be interesting how both managers set up because you, you tend to think that you know how Marquis is going to set Stoke up. It's going to be rock solid at the back as they, they always are, and then it's just whether one of their flair players turns up. You've got Shakiri, Bojan, and. Um, Arnautovic. Yeah. Now, there's not many better than those three in the Arnautovic. But the, there is that element of of which would what especially Arnautovic. I mean, oh, the very the very inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. and that's it. If one of them shows up against any given team, they can win the game. But if none of them do, then they can lose any given game. They're, they're very kind of hit and miss Stoke. They're not invincible at home anymore, but they're capable of going anywhere on their day and winning. I expect it to be really tight. I think we know what Hughes is going to do. Does I do will I be cautious from the off as well? I think that he'll be stuck between two minds. Really, you'll think that Stoke are there to be attacked, but you equally won't want to open up and, and concede an early goal. I reckon it's going to be tight. I, if I was betting, I'd put a nil nil or a one one on it. I think that the midfield battle is going to be fascinating. And Clayton Darun have got a really you know a really great battle actually against Imbuler and Allen. I think that there's nothing between it. Um, and it's just a moment a genius might win it, but I'm sitting on the fence. It'll be interesting to see what Alan does because we've you've seen him play as, as almost like a fifth defender. He sat so deep yeah. at times. Then equally, you've seen him as a number ten, uh, where he kind of pulls the strings. So it'll be interesting because if he does if he does drop deep, then you would think it it opens up it opens up a little bit for Clayton in the room. But equally, he's going to tighten up on, on Ramirez, isn't it? So yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see what Alan does. Um, just just to finish, Vic, it's it's crazy, isn't it, when you look back and you think the last time Borough were in the Premier League, I remember that game at Stoke where James Beattie they signed James Beattie in the January, and that ended up being the the the, 
the launch pad they needed yeah. really, didn't it? And Borough that was lost the there. Side. Yeah, but Borough lost there, didn't they? And that was where I think I began to accept what was going to happen. And and now you look, and I remember that year the bookies had started paying out on Stoke to go down. Now you look and think Stoke are a good model for Borough to follow, aren't they? Yeah, that was their first year up Stoke, and when they came up, they similar to Borough really. They they just moved into the new stadium. It was full houses. If we remember, the story was that how intimidating and noisy it was there at the Britannia, and their fans were hysterical. Uh, and every every team that went there knew that they were in a game, and and they have become a good model. They stayed up by hook or by crook, and they they had a very direct style. And for a lot of years, Stoke were uh, the archetypal thud and blunder side, and and they were a bad a bad image of how football should be. They were anti-football. They've matured a lot over the last couple of years. They've brought in some real quality. They're starting to play good football. I don't think they've lost their physicality. They've found a nice balance mm. and they've settled nicely into mid-table and, and no one talks about them now as being uh, relegation contenders. Although they probably reached the ceiling in ninth last year. It can be very hard to, to better that this year. And sometimes when you've peaked, fans find it very hard to accept if the following year you, you move down two places. That might just be part of the natural order within the small group that you're actually, mm. uh, you actually take up residence in. But you know we've seen how fans can demand more and better every year and how that puts pressure on the team and, uh, and you maybe change your style to accommodate the idea that you sh- you've got to be making progress. Uh, it happened to Bolton, it happened to Charlton, it happened to us. You, it happens to teams that you know if you try to change too much and expect too much that sometimes cracks can appear. Uh, but I, I think Stoke are an admirable club. They're well run, uh, financially sound. They seem to have a good base in the community. They they have an aware self awareness of who they are, uh, what their DNA is, and a pride about it. And I think that's that ticks a lot of boxes of, of what you want a football club to be. A nice place to finish. I'll uh, tuck the predictions away in my draw and we'll pull them out at the end of the year. <laughs> when Vic regrets saying he, he doesn't bother, he's not bothered about what happens at the top and we're a sneak into the top four. Fifth. Yeah. Fifth. Uh, our live blog will be underway at 1pm tomorrow at the Riverside and obviously be all the reaction afterwards as well. Cheers Vic, cheers Jono.